Hello there, and welcome Hello to House there. of Nerds. Um, good of you to join us this week. Um, Indeed, yeah. in this in this down week. I, I'm not going to lie. This felt like a weird week to, I mean, like, you know, normally, like, I get really super excited to, I'm like, oh, we got to talk about it. Like, it's time to podcast. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, yeah, there was that thing that we watched a few weeks ago, and well, like, I guess we're going to talk about that. We never really talked about it. We probably. So what we, I mean, I mean, what are we? What are we going to do? Do one episode of Rebels? Come on, that seems that seems shitty. I I agree. I agree. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and apologize in advance for the state of my voice. I'm sure I sound very nasally. Did you um, give me COVID? No, I did not. <laughs> I, remember, <laughs> if you will remember, I am COVID vaccinated, as are you, sir. Um, but that that, that means nothing. Depending on who you ask. Well, we don't go by your cousin's best friend's sister who dated someone who works but, at CVS. But I saw a Facebook post. That's, yeah, no, we, we go by somebody. science. <laughs> we go by science in these parts. Oh, science. science. That's that's a conspiracy theory. Uh, uh, big science is in, is in the evil cabal's pocket. Oh, my God. You know... I want to blame you <laughs> for turning me on to TikTok because the more the more TikToking that I actually do and watch, I'm like this. There are some really interesting people in this world. You got to get on the right side of TikTok. I'm not gonna lie. Like the, like as you as you watch through the algorithms and you know like stuff and follow different people, uh, you you can you can find your you can find your own little section of weird and it's nice. You know, we, we talk about all the time about how we are going to be or how we are our own little section, you know, corner of the Internet that is our, our own little weird corner. Yeah, like I, I guess I'm judging people for their weirdness. Um, and that's not ideal. Um, don't want to do that. But I just I, I will say simply um, there's some people I disagree with on the Internet. So you know, we'll, we'll go. With we, that. Have, we have met we have met plenty of those. We have. I just saw. I just saw a Facebook post that I I resisted the temptation to go just like light someone on fire. Someone mm. posted like a cool picture of their car mm-hmm. with it, and they're like, "Oh, hey, this is the ghost. I love rebels. This is this is my ghost." And someone's like, "I could do without the politics because there's Black Lives Matter sticker mm. on the back of their car." I'm like, "Well, fuck you, little camper, and <laughs> keep moving because." It, it doesn't. I, I, why did we need that? Like, oh, hey, someone's happy about their car, and you're like, oh, let me shit on that because I could do without the politics. Well, I'm glad you could. Then fucking keep scrolling. <sighs> like, it, why? Why did that? No one needed your hot take, dude. I mean, like, hey, maybe I needed less of your bullshit. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, no, and, and I, I saw like three of those posts for just like someone is like, I'm just going to be shitty because I want to be shitty because I can. No, no one. No one cares about your opinion, man. Like no one just, hey, spread some joy, spread some love, be happy for them. They're like, hey, that's a really cool car. Now I want a ghost racing stripe on my car. Mm-hmm. I, I just... You know, and, and I'm guilty of it. I'm just as guilty as anybody else. Um, I just, honestly, I just, I, I'm, I'm over, I'm just over people and, and how, <laughs> yes. how, you know, actually, let's just stop there. I am over people. I'm like, over people. That's where I'm at today. <laughs> I'm over people. Um, 
Yeah, no, I... <laughs> I think of his... To, to paraphrase George Carlin, like, fuck people, hope sucks. <laughs> or or was it, people suck, fuck hope. That's it. And there's our tagline for this week's <laughs> episode. I'm over people, fuck hope. Um, <laughs> we earned that explicit tag early this week, folks. Um, I feel like we earned it pretty quick. Most of, well, at least I earn it pretty quick most of the time. We do. We do have a little bit of an explicit tag sometimes. But, but, and that that couldn't have been better set up if you tried to. There's oh, actually. Good. I'm glad I did that, something professional. There's a way that you could tell us that you don't like if we get explicitly or explicit during our podcast. Ooh, Much like the person who did so this week. Not telling us that they didn't like something, but I want to call out specifically. Uh, I like where you're going, but these mental gymnastics are, are throwing me. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just I'm semi-professional I'm, transition. Semi-professional. We're not getting paid. I want to call out one of our fans this week who took the time out of her day to send us some feedback. Um, and of course, I'm talking about short hair Sarah on Twitter, um, or at literally Buffy. made the week. At Bucky Barno. Like, um, like, no kidding. Made my week. So, uh, like, life is worth living. Maybe maybe slightly less of a fuck hope. Like, a little little bit more hope. I, I have to admit, I was coming home. I spent the, ma- the vast majority of the week in Ocala while you spent the vast majority of the week where I live. Um, sort of. And... I, I, spent, I spent the vast majority of my week in the car driving. Yeah. Yeah, I put quite a few miles on my my Jeep this week. Um, but when you, I was getting gas in Gainesville, of all places, mm. when you texted me and you said, I believe the phrase was, we finally have feedback. Um, I went, well, I don't yeah. know, I can check the tapes. <laughs> but we received a very kind it was message joy. Um, from, from user Shorthair Sarah. Um, and I just want to simply acknowledge her and acknowledge the fact that she chose to reach out to us and let us know that she likes what she's hearing on the podcast. Um, I, I just said in all caps, we have feedback. <laughs> and I do believe I owe someone a cookie. Yeah, we, we need I, to... I didn't put it in the message back, but in a public forum, I owe someone a cookie. Please let me know where I can send your cookie. Yes, short hair, Sarah, if you are still listening, <laughs> hopefully you didn't turn off the episode immediately after um but if if you will please uh direct message us how we can get the cookie to you from the snark we would be glad <laughs> to do so this became very awkward very quickly sir you became very awkward quickly uh, that that is true i'm an awkward person by nature but <laughs> that's why i have a face for podcasting um and apparently now i have a voice for nothing um, yeah face for podcast and a voice for no one woof. Anyway, well, we appreciate we appreciate the feedback. It it was it was literally the most the, the happiest moment I've had this week. I mean, outside my you know, facetiming <laughs> my wife and daughter. I was uh, gonna like, say. I mean, you know, like one A, one B. It was very happy. I I was glad to share that. So thank thank you so much. It's if you glad that like, we go ahead. I'm glad that we have have a voice that's worth listening to. If you would like to send podcast feedback to us, you are more than welcome to. Um, we're going to get this out of the way now while we're talking about it, but we are on Twitter at Nerds House Be- of. Before um, I get two to three drinks in. That's true. That's true. We also have a Gmail, a Discord, 
and a Facebook group, I think, actually. Um, we we do. We currently have a two-member Facebook group and a two-member <laughs> Discord. But all of the links to all of that will be in the show notes because the the scholar has no life and he has plenty of time now to add these things to our podcast. Um, additionally, we have some other bit of news, uh, a little bit of podcast housekeeping news. Um, we have a new logo and some new fan art for the show. Ooh, um, I haven't seen this yet. You haven't because it's not ready for consumption yet. Oh. Um, but we are working with a, a very um, talented artist who has, has kind of given us some pre, pre mock-ups of what everything looks like. Um, and so we are really, really us. excited, really excited to share that with everybody. This will be our, our artwork going forward um, from the show. As you can tell, we've we've kind of been changing it between shows so the the current artwork is is done by the snark on his phone <laughs> um, via inlight which is a delightful app but also uh yeah let's we can move on to something a little bit uh, mm-hmm. a little bit uh, snappier little yes bit, we're a little bit more more professional than just me cutting and pasting shit with my finger on my phone I have seen the first mark, the first mock-up of it, um, and I am really, really excited about what it what it could be. Um, so, I don't believe it will be premiering with this next episode, but probably by the time you hear this episode, um, the artwork will be will be up on our show. Um, so, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. We're definitely looking forward to sharing that with you guys. And let us know what you think at Nerd's House Up. Please let us know. Yes, if you don't like it, we can always uh, we can always talk about changing it. Yeah, we can pass that feedback on to the artist. Because we purchased the multiple revision plan um, just in case we didn't like it. So, before we dive into nine episodes of One Division, I feel like we should yeah. Probably... If you if warn the peoples that hey, if you <laughs> haven't blocked out a solid workday to listen to this, you know our track record. If these this, are hour-ish long episodes, we're not going to, there's no way, there's no, no way we're going to do that. No, we're not. No. <laughs> don't, don't be scared. What we're actually <laughs> going to do um, for this week, and I, I haven't actually discussed this with the snark yet, is we're going to do a, for a, a brief, a brief news recap um, of some things that came out this week related to Star Wars and Marvel. And then we're going to cut this episode into two. So this will be a part one on Monday, and then a part two will be released on Friday. So we'll do four episodes on the first half, and then the back half, back half will be five episodes of One Division. So instead of your regularly scheduled one uh, episode of House of Nerds this week, you'll get two. Um, so hopefully <laughs> the, the snark is, a, is appreciative of what we're planning to do. If not... Um, we may cut Let's this part this. of the podcast. So we'll see. <laughs> see, that's this is this is pretty standard if you've been listening to us. The fuck it will do it live. <laughs> truthfully, sure, why not? <laughs> truthfully, this is on me for not sharing this with the with the snark. Um I'm I'm sadder about not seeing the mock-up than than this news. <laughs> I will be sharing the mock-up after the podcast is is done so you can take a look at it. Um Couple of couple of news articles that I wanted to touch on this week, um, just because they're tangentially re- related to the shows that we've uh, we've been talking about. We're going to start with Falcon and Winter Soldier because that's the one that's most recent to my mind. 
um, and it's the one we most recently did. Um, so wanted to touch on this article first um, from Kristen Howard of Den of Geek entitled Falcon and Winter Soldier showrunner addresses Nick's story rumors. Um, and if you've been on the internet, you probably know about what I'm, what we're about to talk about here. Um, but I just wanted to, to bring this forward. There was some interviews done this week as Falcon and Winter Soldier are wrapping up. Um, and showrunner Malcolm Spellman uh, is currently in the, the spotlight doing the interviews. And he, the reason he is is because he will be developing the Captain America movie, the fourth movie. Um, and that's the film that we think will be regarding Sam Wilson. Um, and, and potentially there's some news about that being focused on Serpent Society. Um, but the reason I'm bringing this up is that there has been this kind of like, I don't want to say groundswell, but just like Reddit comment thread, um, general like unrest on the internet about a storyline that involved a virus um, that was going to be you know, kind of the main storyline, the Flag Smashers would be using a virus of some sort to attack, you know, the the GRC or to attack the, the I guess, the people who were not brought back by, from the snap. Um, and I just wanted to bring it up because uh, Mr. Spellman does go on to say that that is patently not true, um, that there were some storylines that were cut, but that there was never any intention to do a virus storyline. Um, which, you know, kind of fit for the day that people made shit up and it sort of snowballed and then got, created a life of its own. Um, and then there's another part in here that I wanted to bring up because I do want to get the, the Starks read on this, um, that apparently there is a group or a subset of the fans who believe that Bucky Barnes is being yeah, portrayed, <laughs> portrayed as bisexual. Um, and the reason I bring it up is because Spellman did directly mention in this article um, <laughs> that he says that no one really says yes or no to anything, but that any story they write has to play out organically. And ultimately, they've left the character in a position to go on a major journey now that he has, his past trauma has been somewhat resolved. And I quote, I can't honestly say I have an opinion, he said, but whoever picks up the pen or the keyboard, I'm going to embrace whatever direction Bucky goes in. Um, I, I'm going to put that out there as it is. Snark, please talk some sense into these people because this is stupid. Like, why are we talking about this? Right? I, I don't know. It's like the, the same group that is like, oh, we need to ship these people. We need to ship like, the, the fan... Rule thirty four fan peoples. And it's like, c come on, like just, just let him be. Why does it matter? A, why does it matter? It, if he is, if he isn't, who, who gives a shit? Yes. It doesn't make. It doesn't matter at all. Like, that, I, I, I guess that's. I guess that's where I'm at. Is <laughs> who fucking cares? Let the characters be compelling characters, and it stop being concerned about who people want to fuck. Like that's it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I, I couldn't have agreed more, honestly. I, I just thought, in the middle of this argument, in the middle of this article, which is, it, this article goes on to show that, like, the original series order was for eight episodes, um, but that it was cut back to six. I thought that was fascinating, that we were actually going to get more more Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, 
that's what I took away from this article was that there's a lot of rumors online. People can say whatever they want, but none of it actually means anything. Right. Um, Until it shows up on the screen and is canon, none of it matters. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, I'm glad we, we addressed that and put that to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this... it, it drives Chris, they, or my wife crazy, but she's like, you, you keep saying this. But the, like, people should be l- way less concerned about other people's genitals. Stop I, it. I couldn't agree. Stop it. Could not agree more. <laughs> the next article um, that we're going to talk about is by Keisha Hatchett, um, and it's from TVLine.com. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier director talks about the Sharon Carter reveal this article also Mm -hmm. talks about the rumored pandemic storyline i'm not going to keep talking about that because it says the same thing that the other article says (laughs) because also stop it (laughs) um but carrie scogland is directly quoted in this episode um and she we talked about this in last week's episode about that twist with um agent carter agent 13 at the end of end of falcon and winter soldier um, and then Carrie, quote, uh, Carrie Scoglund says, uh, what I like about her, referring to Agent 13, is that she's a survivor. So I don't know that she's inherently bad, um, Scoglund told TV Lined. Um, continuing, I don't know yet what she's going to do, but she had to survive out there on her own during the blip and being on the run without family. And look at what she built and where she went. She's clever. And that's what I love about her the most. I, I feel I feel validated. That's like exactly what we said. Hell's yes. I really like the fact that we have a character played by Emily Van Camp, who is a fantastically successful actress. And I mean, it's it's like a bit role, right? Like, I mean, Agent Thirteen is always uh, Agent Thirteen is always in the periphery on Captain America. Like the the current run, she's very much more featured, but having her not be on the screen very much. And then like, I I loved the twist with her at the end. I thought it was great to see her not necessarily be the good, you know, like, Hey, you got your pardon. All right. Everything's back to normal. Like I, I think this goes to show that what we were talking about is exactly what's going to happen with her character moving forward. And I couldn't be more excited for it. That sounds amazing. Like (laughs) I'm very excited about that. Shifting gears just slightly, um, now that we've talked about our our Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, I do want to talk briefly about WandaVision before we jump into the episode. Um, But first, I I wanted to touch on next week's uh, podcast topic, which is Star Wars The Bad Batch. um, In which I could not be more excited. (laughs) We've talked about this before. and and what we're talking about is release dates and episode um, episode numbers for Bad Batch. And so it has been confirmed this week by CNET.com in an article by Jennifer Bassett um, that there will be 14 episodes of the Bad Batch. Um, and they will all be releasing on a weekly schedule with the exception of next week um, in which we're getting an episode on May 4th and then an episode on May 7th. And I don't know if you've seen it. But the episode for May fourth is supposed to be like seventy-five minutes long. I was like, I, I feel like that falls pretty much in line with how they release the cartoon stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. So, like Rebels, the first very first episode is technically a double episode that's kind of released as a movie, mm-hmm. and then you you know we move forward with the 
the rest of the episodes. I mean, you have the Clone Wars movie, and then Clone Wars TV series comes after that. I mean, this makes this makes sense. They're just keeping up the same, like the same release process, release cadence. I'm I'm for it. Seventy five minutes sounds great. Hope you all are ready for a three hour marathon. <laughs> I was gonna say you're getting we're getting a hundred minutes of Star Wars Bad Batch guys. <laughs> yeah. That means by law of math we we have to have a two and a half hour podcast, um, which uh, that's going to be a lot. Um, I'm I'm already drinking tea and and Gatorade and the hopes that my throat will be. You know, my voice will be returned to normal. That one's going to be a two-parter by necessity. Yeah, I think that will be. I think that will be. (laughs) We just can't talk that long. We'll see how much talking I have to do this week, too. Yeah, hopefully. I don't think I'm presenting anything this week, so that will be lovely. Um, But I did want to point out, just, just briefly, for those of you who are not familiar, there is a fantastic Bad Batch trailer online. Um, The synopsis for Bad Batch, which is produced by... Dave Filoni, who also produces The Mandalorian. Um, but the, the quick, you know, kind of quick and dirty synopsis is that uh, set after the events of The Revenge of the Sith, um, which is a phenomenal Star Wars movie, this show will chart the missions of a squad of clone troopers who debuted in the final season of The Clone Wars. The mercenaries were all cooked up with genetic mutations and are all voiced by the fantastic Dee Bradley Baker. This show will also portray a younger version of Fennec Shan, reprising her role from The Mandalorian and voiced by Ming Nen, Ming-Na Wen, uh, also featuring voice talents of Steven Stanton and Andrew Kishno, who you will remember from The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I can't freaking wait. I can't this is gonna freaking be ama- wait. It's going to be amazing. I, I'm not uh, going to lie. Part of me hopes that this is like behind enemy lines missions for them to go hunt down and kill Jedi. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I would be there for that too. To like get, we talk a lot about like the shades of gray and like seeing things from other perspectives and like that would be that would be interesting because technically, I mean, you have Order sixty six. That's true. This is true. So what are they? What are they doing? It's like that's that makes sense for that to be their mission. I. I have a feeling that this is going to start off with our characters being kind of more black and white. And then by the end of the, you know, maybe the first season, they will be more gray. That just seems to be the way that everything's being played right now. Like, I'm I'm a villain until you look at things from my point of view, you know, kind of thing. Um, I, I don't know. I almost see it, see it going more in reverse that you got that they're because they're like that's the special ops group and maybe we're like we're not sure if they're out are they out hunting jedi are they out against or are they if i recall they they weren't like they were still privy to order 66 they they were chipped and all that all that Mm -hmm. stuff too and we we know of a few who took care of that chip Mm -hmm. um, or you know resisted the orders and took the chip out and all that stuff but are are these are they resisting the chip do they have the chip and you know start out with those shades of shades of gray like what are they what are they actually out here for and then we see them get to be more black and white mm-hmm. i i i kind of hope that they're more black and white i i hope for this show's sake at least that it's more black and white i i would prefer that i think um a test is in order five enhanced clones more capable than an army. 
yet they exhibit a concerning level of disobedience and disregard for orders. Hopefully y'all are here for it too. Yeah, just me personally. But, you know, we're gonna talk about it, so can't can't wait to can't wait to dive into that. You know, it, I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's kind of like this in-between week between stuff like we've been able to get excited and gear up for, you know, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision and Mandalorian, and like now it's it's back to waiting. I think the waiting makes me enjoy things more, knowing that I have something coming that I'm looking forward to. Absence or, makes the heart grow fonder. I, yeah. I believe someone has said once. Yeah, some some very, wise sage, I'm sure, in some sad song. That that may in fact be the be the case. There is there is one more one more news story mm-hmm. that I did see. That mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was the director, writer, or either costume something involved with Falcon and Winter Soldier who said that there is a detail that no one picked up and I believe that one tiny little podcast did indeed pick that detail up I'm about interested. the so when you have Sam doing his training mm-hmm. and throwing his shield against the gym pads on the trees apparently what no one has picked up was that the trees were wrapped in these gym pads. And I'm mm. like, I know at least one podcast <laughs> that spoke that. very deliberately about him throwing shit off of those pads into, mm. you know, mm. getting rocked in the face in a direct mirror of Wyatt Russell's, uh, whatever we want to call him now, the Costco cap, uh, mm. showing off his skills you know, in the, in the newsreel. But you yes. see that exact mirror and you see the same like that, the, you know, the same thing, but it's like, you know, down down home, like kid in the backyard doing it instead of it's state sponsored, making sure that everything is, you know, beautiful for the cameras. You see 
Sam out there just like I, I mean that felt so much like sitting in the backyard throwing a tennis ball against the wall kind of thing like practicing practicing baseball by throwing a throwing a base or throwing a tennis ball or baseball against a brick wall and reacting to it that's what that felt like that it's that down home but that was the detail that apparently got missed and to that i say listen to our podcast how do you miss that it's directly it's in right there <laughs> it's like a whole so, thing anyway i feel like we just need to put a link to our our little podcast on that article and be like hey you should you should zoom to this time <laughs> where we talk about this. Someone got that detail. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. We definitely didn't I, miss I, that. I feel like I feel like we we were like rocking the game on like finding finding like little details and these little connections, and they're like, oh yeah, this is what we meant by it. We're like, holy shit, that's what we said. That's like, what amazing. We said. Like I think I, I think it's so. mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I feel seen. Like that. Thank you. Well, I didn't. I haven't read that article. I'm gonna have to go find that on the internet now. That that is. I just I just saw it today. In between trying to put my hair out from being on fire, or trying to trying to put out really the other people around me's hair as they were running around on fire. I was gonna say, stay stay away from me because I. Like I don't understand why we're why everyone's freaking out right now. That sounds more realistic. That, yeah, that, that sounds <laughs> realistic. And so I just like sat and relaxed on my phone for a second, saw that article, and I'm like, oh my god, we saw that. Anyway, we it was very exciting. That. This has been a very exciting, very exciting week. It has been a good week. It has been a catalyst. A very good week, and, and truthfully, we are we are thrilled with the the feedback we're thrilled with exactly. the reception that we're getting from from you guys um i feel like Catalyst you don't say that a good week was yes. short hair sarah thank you yeah sarah. that is true that is true well one last one last article before we we dive truly into wandavision um and i feel like i should probably i should say spoiler warning on this because for last again no no bitch. this is a good okay, one good. this is a good one actually but it's about the bad guys um, if you haven't watched these episodes, ideally you, you have watched all of WandaVision, but I'm going to just, you know, vamp for a second here, because if you haven't seen the finale, you definitely should see the finale before you listen to what I'm about to talk about. Um, okay. that's long enough. Uh, <laughs> so an article put out by polygon.com, um, written by Tasha Robinson, um, the article entitled is One Vision and Falcon are and Winter Soldier are fixing the MCU's biggest flaw. And the subtitle is they're pointing the way for Marvel to solve to solve Marvel's villains problem, um, which I think this is a really common refrain we hear a lot about the Marvel Universe is that the villains are cardboard cutouts and they, they are always the exact opposite of whoever the, the hero is. Um, which I, you know, this article goes on to talk about Michael B. Jordan's portrayal of, of the villain, quote unquote, um, in Black Panther. And it talks about Loki uh, being the villain for Avengers and how forgettable, for lack of a better word, the villains are in the MCU. Um, are they watching this- the same movies? I feel like Killmonger is not a forgettable character. No, I feel like and, Killmonger paved the way for Falcon and Winter Soldier to start discussing the topics they did. 
that's that's kind of what this article is hinting at is is mm-hmm. saying you can pick out the the villains who are you know worth your time but that the vast majority of the villains are not and apologies if you guys can hear my idiot dog who just went off hey what's uh, up chopper i don't know if you guys can hear that um that was my other joy this week was finding chopper talks on on youtube as a total aside but no. There is a there is a YouTube channel or YouTube series of videos that is dedicated to translating Chopper's voices. <laughs> I and did me and someone see. else like at the same time posted like it's amazing that's Dave Poloni. <laughs> uh-huh. I did see you talking about that on the Facebook groups. <laughs> so funny. Um, anyway, forgettable Marvel villains. No, I, it just I think what it what it what Falcon and Winter Soldier did is humanized uh US Patriot or US agent and WandaVision made Agatha a character that mattered. And Wanda. Like I, Wanda Wanda's not a you know necessarily a good guy either. We I know we spent the first like season of this podcast uh, with Rebels talking about the death of nuance and it's like mm-hmm. that is what is that is what is being injected into these shows is nuance into these characters that, you know, in the, I think that's a holdover from the comic books where a lot of times it is just a cardboard cutout. It's some, it's something for the hero to punch mm-hmm. so that you feel good by the end of the, by the end of the issue or by the end of the story arc. But these well, are, Hey, what are their motivations? Who are they are? Who are they as people? Why are they doing this? All of those things, the bringing the nuance back in. So it's not just someone for Scarlet to punch or someone for you know, Captain to punch. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I think the big bad guy from, from all of WandaVision is grief. I mean, it, it's, yeah. I, it's grief. It's and like that's... Babadook. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, which is, uh, I mean, crazy that's like that's that's the villain that's the that's the evil in in babadook too is grief mm-hmm. and that that's what's destroying things is grief and they're not not necessarily fighting each other they're fighting grief it's it's such a it's such a well-written well-written show honestly that I, I feel like we should just dive in at this point yeah. because no, no, like, like full disclosure, I had no desire. Like I did not give a shit about these characters at all. Mm-hmm. Not really in in watching the movies. It's like okay, whatever. Dude with the red face, mm-hmm. and you know the the twins from Full House. Their little sister is in this. <laughs> like okay, cool. <sighs> like I mean, they were they were all right in the the movies. I was like, okay, this is this is fine. Like I don't. I like them for their role in the larger story, but I don't care about these characters. And by the end of this, I mean, it, it, sometimes you're like sitting on the edge of your seat, eating the popcorn going like, Holy shit. Is it next week yet? Like I want to, I want to watch this show again. Like, I think, is it time? I think I was excited solely because it was new Marvel. You know, like this yeah. was, this is the first thing, not by, not by choice, but this is the first thing we've gotten since Avengers Endgame. Right. And, when the Which I, I think it was intentional in kind of the yeah. release schedule because I feel like there's a lot of people who don't give a shit about these characters and they're like you know what we're gonna do the first one this because uh, because people are gonna be excited to just watch some new watch some new Marvel get these characters back again like there's mm-hmm. a reason that Disney Plus went through and spe- very very specifically was like hey here's a quick episode of why you should care about these characters I on their site. 
the first the, so the first two episodes um released at the same time and like i i'll admit the very first beginning to, you know they do the marvel music before the beginning of the show when they fade into black and white i expected i fully expected this to last like five minutes and then they'd be like all right yeah. now we're going like, back to color okay color i was sucked in because not not gonna lie bewitched is one of my favorite shows like and this mm-hmm. was like bewitched like my cat is named after the yes. main character of bewitched like my yes. cat's name is samantha like elizabeth uh, montgomery was like my first crush like first celebrity crush <laughs> like, like this like immediately i was like okay i'm in that's like, all right i didn't care about him but i'm in this is interesting because i went the other way because because i mean you remember with wanda you know you see her you see vision die during infinity war and then the next time you see wanda is when she's crushing thanos in the in his armor with you know her her pain and a visceral pain that she's talking about when he says like i don't even know who you are and she's like you will was a moment where I, ca- I about came out of my seat in the movie theater um it, it was oh, great <laughs> and it, it was awesome to, to have her say that to thanos and then you turn around and the next time you get introduced to these characters you get 22 minutes of basically Weird. fluff i mean you know i i, so, I think sort of hearing it from you it sounds like you were a fan of this I was... I, I was like I grew up. This is what I grew up on was these. That's that's why it is because it it brought me back to like a kid in the same way that they they are acting. And I guess it, coming into it for the first time, it's like okay, yeah, this is you know this is a, like it's very set up like a sitcom. Is this what this is this is all going to be? Is kind of just a funny sitcom. Looking at it in the overall arcing story, this is a perfect setup. Like mm-hmm. this is this is done so well because you see how far into into her like delusion that she is. But we don't know that it's a delusion yet. And that's not the, yet. That's the thing, right? The moment for me that hit home with this was, I mean, there's some great bits with the commercial talking about like the toaster <laughs> and they do the Stark. You, you hear the name Stark and you hear the, the noise that uh, Tony's armor makes when he's powering up his repulsor lifts. But the moment that hit home to me was, you get this this dinner dinner party that Wanda and Vision are, you know, the whole gag from this first whole episode. And, and I should say we're doing things a little bit differently. We're not going through each individual episode and doing yeah, like bit by, a bit by, by bit. Yeah, will... like I mean, the connections are they're they're there, but you know, we're we're just looking at this kind of overarching as yeah. the, like the first we'll, four. We'll do it a I little guess. bit differently for the back half, yes. Um, but these first four episodes. Mm-hmm it's the it's the camera work right like even the camera work looks grainy and it looks like they put a filter over the camera of some sort until you get this bit about they don't know they have a date and they don't know what the date is and it turns out that it's you know vision's boss is coming over to have dinner at the house and vision's boss starts choking on something and when they took the camera and 
went like HD black and white. And it's the close-ups on Mrs. Hart and Wanda and Vision and Mr. Hart. And it's this like weird, like, please stop laughing, crying thing. Knowing what's coming, it makes it so much more poignant to know that that was Wanda who created that situation. She almost killed right. Mr. Hart be- because he was asking too many questions and she got frustrated. They're setting up their story. Let them tell it. We, our story. Yes, what exactly is your story? Oh, just leave the poor kids alone. Well, really, I mean, I think it's a perfectly simple question. Honestly, why did you come here? Why? <coughs> Damn it, why? Why did you... Oh, Arthur, stop it. 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 Vision, help him. You know, and it's played as a played as a gag from you know an old sitcom, like mm-hmm. you know, oh Lucy is Lucy's in trouble again, like bop bop bop, and you got yakety yak going on, <laughs> and, and you see Mrs. Hart who's laughing, but at the t- same time she's pleading. I read that now as she knows what's happening, and she's begging Wanda to, you know, stop killing her husband. No one can help him until Wanda says, you know, Vision, help him. Like, that's a lot darker when you look at it in the retrospect of what what you know now with these episodes. I just... Right. <sighs> that all this is coming from from her. You don't know any of that, though. And I remember watching this and going, huh. The fuck? <laughs> okay. I didn't know that Marvel was making I Dream of Genie, but... um. Like this is Bewitched. First... I Dream of Genie is totally separate and not nearly as good. Okay. Anyway, that... <laughs> Bewitched. Bewitched. This is the first Marvel that I've watched with my wife. That my wife was like, "This is great. I love this." And it's I. I mean, it's it's not a mistake that this is the one that doesn't have you know flying people and capes and and you know laser swords and that kind of stuff. But she got it's hooked not, it's on not this. Fantastical. She got hooked in and she really enjoyed this episode. I was the one that came away from this episode like, uh, I mean, (laughs) I I guess they did say their names are Wanda and Vision. So, you know, that's cool. They combine those and we have Wanda Vision. (sighs) Okay. The 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 part that got me. Are our sponsor being made. So I apologize. No, no, that's quite all right. That adds, I think it adds humanity to the, uh, the podcast. Um, the the bit that gets me is the very end where you kind of pan out and it was kind of the, the show's way of nodding to us of like, hey, we know this might not be the most Marvel thing you've seen, but you get like someone is watching this show being broadcast through like an old CRT television and taking notes from like a very clearly like a, 
like a command center or something like that. And that part was crazy when you when you get to the TV. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what we've been doing. I loved this this part. This was the moment where I literally sat up in bed and I went, "All right, now I see what's going on here. Like, oh. we've got a show going on." Um, on and then I know in our in our little group we were discussing this a little bit. I mean, over the course of the episodes, like, hey, what is going on? Like, is she is she trapped in this? Is she causing this? Like, what? And it drives that drives that discussion, especially at this point, because you don't mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on yet. So you don't know that she's she's really in control of all this. It, that it it could very well be. I think that was my my original theory mm-hmm. was that she had been trapped essentially. So she couldn't cause any more damage. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, truthfully, that's kind of, it's kind of left up to your interpretation. Now they did, they did give us two episodes of this at the same time, but we didn't watch this this way. My wife and I watched it. You know, these are one individual episode. You watch this episode, you go on to the next one. Um, But even if you did watch this, uh, these first two episodes as, you know, a long movie you'll say you don't immediately jump in episode two you don't jump right to uh, like you know everything's back to normal now we got to know what's going on it previously on wandavision we are an unusual couple you know my wife and a flying sources. My husband and his indestructible head. Hello, dear. I'm Agnes, your neighbor to the right. You're like a walking computer. What? I most certainly am not. Dinner with Mr. Harkness, dear lady wife, Mrs. Harkness. What brought you here? How long have you been married? Why did you come here? <coughs> Damn it, why? Stop it. Stop it. Vision, help him. They don't bail out of the, the premise. Like they stayed, so like right. film. They doubled down on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like so, film before a live studio audience is the title of episode one. Um, episode two, which came out at the same time, is called "Don't Touch That Dial," which yeah, I think see what is, they did there. Yeah, it's kind of a nod to me, like people like me who are like, I feel like they're saying, "Hang on, just like, keep going, stick with it. We're yeah. we're doing a thing." Um, which, and, I, I watched it two separate times as well because. My wife did not want to see this, so I was watching it mm-hmm. uh, as as I could. So I I ended up watching this like you know we watched an I watched an episode and then you know give it a little bit of time and then watch another episode. And mm-hmm. Keep going. The second episode I feel like it is a little bit more Marvel, right? So like this second episode again, not not a lot happens here, but I feel like they do start to sort of give you clues that not all is as it appears to be. Yeah, I mean, obviously... It's peeling back of the, the curtain. We, we get this bit at the beginning of this episode with, you know, like, Wanda and Vision have progressed. Um, and, and, like, they've clearly, their, you know, their hairstyles have changed, the styles of the clothing and the, the bedding has changed. And that was the... Decade. Yeah, that was the moment to me where I was like, okay, so we've left the bewitched genre or the, the I, you know, whatever. And now we're, we're kind of like, I mean, I don't know what we could say is classic 60s TV, but. Um, I forget which show this was supposed to. The, the, so one of the things that was really cool about the show is they, the title cards mirror the show that it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So like the, I think it was the first episode has 
it looks like it's the Bewitched logo, but it says WandaVision. Mm-hmm. This might have been Dick Van Dyke. It could. I can't have been. remember if it was this one or the first. I, I might be reversed that the that the second one was Bewitched and the first one was Dick Van Dyke. I just this one is all about security uh, of the neighborhood, right? So we we start off with this like branch that's banging against the house, and it turns out you know. It, well, we don't know it's a branch. It turns out to be a branch that's just knocking against the window, right? So we get our first bit of color introduced in this episode with like a, a toy helicopter that's laying in Wanda's bush. And it looks like Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, it looks a lot like Iron Man's coloring, um, which at the time really drove me to think like Iron Man is dead. Like Tony Stark is dead. Why do we keep seeing these colors? Um, but I, I, again, there's not a lot to this episode other than just there's, there's a very interesting interruption. Um, when Wanda is talking to another character on the show, um, they're standing in front of a radio and they start to hear someone trying to, to speak to Wanda, um, saying, you know, who's doing this to you, Wanda? Can you hear us, Wanda? And, She's talking to a character called Dottie Jones, um, and when when this happens, Dottie breaks the glass in her hand, and we see red blood. Like you know, we, we're still in black Actual and white. Red. Yeah, and we see real red blood in her hand. Um, it, it's it's interesting because at this point of the show, this one, this whole episode revolves around a talent show um, that they're doing, which. I remember when this was happening, there was a lot of talk about the the people in this town of Westview keep re- repeating this phrase for the children, um, for the children, which turns out to be very important in the next episode. But at this time, you don't know what they're talking about or why they keep re- repeating this phrase. I mean, there's not there's nothing groundbreaking here, right? It's just it's it's a a twenty she's minute. Still, she's still trying to. Like she still has that cognitive dissonance of, hey, I'm, you know, trying to keep her, her conscious self out of this, uh, out of thinking that she's creating this. So she's trying to separate the two. So she's still managing all this, stuff, like like a computer. Like she's trying to manage this in the background, while keeping mm-hmm. up this this happiness. And these little things keep like chipping away and chipping away at it. And, I mean, when Vision shows up drunk to the talent, drunk. <sighs> Drunk on drunk on gum to the talent show. <laughs> uh, the, he, she's got to she's got to scramble to try and make mm-hmm. sure that the secret isn't out. That it's not like uh, all figuring out different ways to go. Oh, okay, the, no, see, this is just a stupid trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see the you can see the man behind the curtain uh, and cover for them, which she doesn't really have to do. She could just go click and it's fixed. But mm-hmm. trying to maintain maintain the illusion for herself that everything is okay and everything is normal that goes back to the like how are you how is she processing this grief? And that's it's... what we're seeing is the beginning stages of her trying to just push this away and go hey everything's cool everything's cool it's, it's fine. starting to crack it's, right. it's and I I love how this episode you know towards the end of this episode we do get this reveal of, you know, they're standing outside, the, the Maximoffs are standing outside their home, and this beekeeper crawls out of a sewer. Um, 
a person dressed in a beekeeping outfit, which that's weird. That's very weird. But when she utters, she looks at the guy in the face and utters no. And then like mm-hmm. the screen rewinds. I was like, that is a cool, cool effect. Um, and, you know, this revolves around like Wanda had announced she was pregnant earlier in the episode. So we rewind from this scene where we, we meet the beekeeper to a point where, um, you know, Vision asks her if the pregnancy is, is happening and she turns and faces the camera and she's very visibly pregnant and boom, we've got color. And right. I was like, okay, all right. Now I'm, I'm much more interested <laughs> I'm, I'm now interested. in this show. Like, um, and if, if we keep looking at that from the, like the lens of this is about grief that, you know, reality starts to creep in and, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're like, okay uh er, like for a few seconds everything's fine kind of idea and then you remember like oh god like Mm -hmm. this horrible thing happened or whatever whatever the grief is about Mm -hmm. that that's that's seeing the beekeeper is she she's waking up and going nope nope not today satan not today and rewinding (laughs) it to rewinding it to when it when it was good when it was when everything was okay everything's fine just shove it down and that's the rewind just shoving all that shoving all that grief and pain back down and making it go away. I think that's the, that's the rewind. It, it was interesting because they, they finished this episode again with the pan out. And you, again, you hear someone, you know, asking Wanda, Wanda, who's doing this to you? You know, we don't know quite yet what's going on. Right. But that was kind of where my theory had come from of, Hey, maybe she's being trapped and someone's mm -hmm. trying to help her. Maybe the government has her in this, underground facility it's not like it wouldn't be unheard of in the marvel universe no Um, but that they're they're trapping her to keep her away from and trying to pump her with happy memories and happy times and keep her trapped in this sitcom world so that she doesn't hurt people previously on wandavision the talent show fundraiser is the most important event of the season and i want us to fit in I actually don't know what I'm doing here. I'm Wanda. Geraldine. Wanda, can you read me? Something strange happened with Dottie. Something strange happened before that, too. It's hard to explain. It wasn't so hard to fit in after all. What is it? No. (gasps) Is this really happening? Yes, my love. But it's revealed in this next episode so the next episode we kind of again we're jumping decades to the third episode which is now in color so um, we've got some brady bunch i like this episode a lot uh this is to me this was very like nick at night like this is the reruns that were on during the day when i would stay home from school if i was sick so like this we were was only the... a year off how is this the reruns you saw they played this. Stuff how did, how did I get? How did I get be, bewitched and Genie and Lucy and Dick Van Dyke and and you got Brady Bunch? What because is, what you is were happening? watching Turner. You were watching uh, the Turner. I was watching Nick at night. I was, I was watching, watching Nick at night at night. Man, I'm telling you what. <laughs> I just did. Bewitched never. Bewitched and Dick Van Dyke and I love Lucy. That stuff was never interesting to me. But the Brady Bunch was funny as hell. Like I love the Brady Bunch. It's just, it's just so strange. You're apart. We're we're totally different generations, apparently. uh, Well, (laughs) I have uh, the entire Dick Van Dyke box set. (laughs) I know. I remember. I remember the. You had it when we lived together, the apartment. But this this next episode, I feel like, is really to me where the show begins. 
right? Like, would you say they're turning a corner? They would, in fact, turn a corner. <laughs> We're not to the penultimate episode yet, but we have turned a corner. Um, we are to the penultimate episode episode of our episode, though. That is true. That is true. See? Got it in. Nicely Woo. done. Penultimate. Two penultimates in one episode. I I am. I feel alive. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Whew. What a time to be alive. Like I'm buzzing right now. It's great. <laughs> it's electric. <laughs> I'm pleased that I haven't coughed yet on this podcast. This this medicine is is kicking butt right now. Um, mine too. Yeah, but yours mine is, is bourbon. Yours is a little bit more alcoholic than mine is, <laughs> I think. Um, so this episode is is set in the '70s, right? '70s TV, and at, to this point, we don't know why we're doing this whole '70s thing or why we're doing this TV thing. Um, we get a great explanation later on, but I absolutely adore this episode because you get a lot of the seventies tropes that are like very typical Brady Bunch kind of issues. The house looks like the Brady Bunch house down to even like the staircase in the back of the house. Um, they they did a great job with this entire series, keeping up those tropes from mm -hmm. not only, not only advancing the story, but keeping the tropes from each of those generations and shows. So like that whole magic bit from the last episode, like that, like screams like Lucy, Dick Van Dyke, Bewitched. It's just like stupid shit that it, it makes it. It's just dumb and like sheer escapism in those shows. And they, they keep those tropes and they keep it up through the rest of the series that those tropes keep showing up from those specific generational shows. It, it, mm -hmm. It's just like another layer of like, of thought in depth that they put into this while still advancing a story. It's very, very well done. I, this episode is, I feel like the, 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 the biggest curtain reveal to me while we're doing, while we're, we're playing with the tropes, it kind of went into how ridiculous this, how ridiculous these shows were. Like for, for example, when, Vision's walking the doctor out of the house at the beginning of this episode after he examines Wanda. You have your neighbor. Uh, the neighbor's name is Herb, who's standing there trimming the ed the hedges that are right just by the, the driveway. Hedges? He is just trimming the hedges, <laughs> but he's trimming a cinder block right. with the hedge yeah. cutter. And like, he's just mindlessly... But it, it's that ridiculous factor to me of like, everybody's always right where you need them. And everything lines up just perfectly so that I can tell this story, you know, the way I want to tell it. And, like, it's just, you start to see that, like, something is very wrong with this town. And we've we've hinted at it. But we now... Start going Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it, that's it exactly. Because right after this, we come back and Wanda, who was pregnant, is now very pregnant. Like, that, that kind of nonsense. Like, it's coming happen. today. Yeah. And he talks about like the aging of the, of how the child and how quickly she's progressing, and, and it, it mirrors like those tropes perfectly because you you get one episode one week and then mm -hmm. you know the next the next episode they're like oh and now we have kids mm -hmm. and you're like wait a second it's only been it's only been a week my time how long has passed here and they're like yes. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and that, and that, and that's it. And the I think when we get yeah, when we get the explanation later, like all of this, all of this makes sense because all of this is being processed through Wanda's memory and of mm -hmm. of these how, shows, how and, things work exactly. Yeah, 
the good I guess the good old days. Maybe when America was great. <laughs> no, no, that, we're not that doing kind of that. that kind of thing. No, no, we're not. We're not going down that rabbit trail. We're but, not doing that. But like that that time that you know nostalgic Americana mm-hmm. time. Like that's that's what she's remembering is oh these were the these were the good days. Like I could look at this amidst the suck in uh, was it Sergovia? No, mm-hmm. she's thinking, yeah the suck in Sergovia, and watch these things and that's what's sticking in her brain is it's. It's like our childhood nostalgia of the good old times of when things were when things were simple. And that's what she's built here. That's how people view. This is how she viewed life in America through Mm -hmm. through our media. And, and, you know, this whole episode talks of uh, this whole episode is about fear. The, The secret is getting out. You know, I can't let people know that I'm pregnant. I can't let people know that something is wrong. And it's, you know vision talking to to the doctor about you know how weird things keep happening in westview um and and, you know it's it's very it's very much analogous to the fact that this whole time we're supposed to be hiding the fact that you know they're superheroes well now they have something else to hide and this whole bit with the pregnancy about how every time she goes into labor weird things start happening like the rain in the house or the butterfly out of paper and like I'm not gonna lie, that stork the stork uh, part, I was stork. literally laughing out loud during the stork. It's hysterical. Is, yeah, that was that was very funny. Yes, I I loved it. But what I loved even more, honestly, was the introduction of Geraldine, um who appears as a, a you know, just out of the blue, Geraldine appears at the the door of the Max Muff home while Wanda is going through this, you know, this contraction of the birth of her children. And you get this bit where Geraldine is kind of telling her like this no nonsense story about getting a promotion. Um, And Wanda is doing the whole trying to hide the fact that she's pregnant. This reminds me of so many episodes of like (laughs) the conveniently placed bush or the plate or the box. Like, it's so much 70s in one TV show right there. Um, and what what ends up happening with Geraldine is that I, I love the fact that you, you see for the first time, we see Wanda for who she really is. Yeah. In this She's picture. confronted with reality. The necklace. When, mm-hmm. when she sees like, the sword necklace... Go ahead. This isn't in my fantasy. Yeah. This, this isn't. I didn't do this. I didn't make this. How are you? Wait. How are you here? Because she's not tracking you? everybody in this. Like we mm-hmm. see that. We see that later when they're. You know her. You know her attention. She. Like her mental space is taken up by so much other stuff that people start like freezing because they. She doesn't have the space to keep them running. Like like a weird game of The Sims. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, she's like, whoa! This is, this is not, this is not uh, something I made. Well, and and with, you know, we kind of peel back the curtain a little bit with Geraldine and and Wanda talking, and we we get Wanda realizing, you know, hey, I actually had a brother. Um, you get you you see like, this. Wait, like, you don't belong here. You're telling mm-hmm. me these things. I wouldn't have you in my. I wouldn't have you in my fantasy. And like while, nobody in my fantasy. While all of this is going on outside, Vision's talking to Herb, 
and Herb is like like short circuiting, like he's like mm-hmm. a computer or like something. And it's yeah, she doesn't have the brain capacity to control all of those things and to keep all of those fantasy pieces running. Mm-hmm. I think this this is one of the one of the turn recording or corner turning episodes because before this, like this this world is small, and then mm-hmm. by the end of this, we're like, aha. Like, okay, now now we see what's going on. At least we get a taste of it. The way that Wanda expels Geraldine from from what we find out is the bubble around Westview and just like throws her through everything. Right. I mean Bye. that was that was epic. Like that that was this was the moment where I was like, All right, now we're really watching we're watching an Avengers show now. Like mm-hmm. and, and when Vision comes back inside and Wanda is just like, nope, Geraldine had to leave. And there's no emotion. There's no nothing. I was like, okay. So something has happened to our Wanda. Um, this this was the moment where I was like, okay, she... Is that, like, not really Wanda? I mean, is something wrong with Wanda? Because she wouldn't do that. Um, but damn. Like, that. This this was the end of this episode I remember had set the internet on fire for a little bit. Because people were like... This is absolutely fantastic. You see Geraldine land out land outside of the bubble. Um, and you see all these people rushing up to her at the end. You realize that there is a, a lot going on outside of this bubble. That, that people are very well aware that something is wrong in the town of Westview. And that, you know, it needs to be inter- addressed sooner rather than later. Right. And there's differing opinions on how that should be should be dealt with (laughs) which leads nicely into our next episode it does Um, indeed that was another professional transition sir i have to give you credit for that Uh previously on wandavision i'm wanda i'm uh geraldine who is that you've got two healthy baby boys on your hands (laughs) is geraldine inside with wanda can you believe it? She's new to town. No home. What do you mean she has no home? She came here because we're all... She came here because we're all what? What is that? Symbol. Woman. No. I think you should leave. Um. I am patting myself on the back at... <laughs> mm. so episode four is entitled we interrupt this program um which i really appreciate the way that they did this it, it almost felt like they're breaking up the season in the two individual seasons um and this was kind of the the pivot point if you will um of the two seasons because this is the episode which we catch up on what's been going on outside of Westview while all the stuff that we we've been watching for the last few weeks um, in Westview, we find out what's going on. I love the fact that they bring back Monica Rambeau from Captain Marvel. I thought she was a great character. I mean, obviously this is a new actress because they progressed the character. Um, But having her, come back from that movie and having her be someone who disappeared during the snap as well. So she doesn't know what's going on. We just drop straight into Lieutenant Rambeau, you know, not knowing what's going on in the hospital, 
you know, we get that in Endgame where, you know, everything is fine because our Avengers return and we beat Thanos. This yeah, was... we don't see the you, you don't see the outside ramifications of that. You just see it from the perspective of, hey, we're going to beat Thanos and we're getting our people back. Mm-hmm. But this was this was awesome to see all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Oh, everyone's rematerial. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, people are just showing back up to it. It's like the one second after piece that we mm-hmm. we see. We end up seeing the ramifications of it in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And kind of how those different organizations have formed to handle these people, but this is this is like the no shit chaos that occurred in that moment right after, and we get to see it, which mm-hmm. was which was a really cool scene. I, I I thought this was one of the best scenes of non superhero. Like this is the moment equivalent to me, like when an Avengers at the end of the first Avengers movie where, you know, they've defeated Loki, they've defeated the aliens that are invading the planet. And you get this kind of hint of what's to come in the future where it's like this real quick, if you blink, you miss it sort of thing. But all these people are talking about what do we do now that we know they're aliens and we know that the Avengers are out there. And there's the waitress that if you remember, Captain America saves her during the movie and they talk, they're talking about the Avengers should be held rely, uh, accountable for the fighting. And the woman looks in the camera and goes, Captain America saved my life. I just want him to know I'm thankful. Like, that to me was the moment where I was like, this is going to be a good fucking show. Like, I, I, I just, seeing this reminds me of, of how, how critically great Mar- Marvel can be. Without the superheroes, without the shield, without the Iron Man tech, like they just they write so well for these people. Um, I I love it. I mean, I love the fact that we go through this whole bit with Monica going to Sword and the Sword headquarters, which we don't even really talk about the fact that Sword just seems to be very analogous to Shield. Um, you know, replacing Shield as it is. Um, I'd say and- it could even be like a you know, sister organization. It makes sense, Sword and Shield, mm-hmm. that they. I mean, they have they have different missions. I mean, was it sentient weapon, uh, observe, response division, something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're they're there to. Hey, let's see what's going on. Let's respond. And I mean, Shield's Shield's acronym is just a little bit a little bit different. Their mission is is a little different. And I yeah. don't remember what it is, so the sound of research sounds like typing. It, it may, in fact, sound like typing, but that's okay. Um, you no, know, I, I like the fact that they kind of... this. It continues... Uh, go ahead. Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. There we go. That was... That was really good memory right there, Snark. Yeah, I'm, oh I'm, man, straight I'm, off the dome. Really proud of you. No, I, I so love... their missions are a little different. I think they kind of go hand in hand. I don't think it's necessarily they've replaced them. It's just I, a different, a different section. I just, I really like the fact that, you know, Captain Marvel gets crapped on a lot for you know not being compelling or, or not being. It had the misfortune to me of being one of the last movies, maybe the last movie Marvel movie before Endgame, um, and it himself. came out. Well. I'm trying not anyway, to. That's, a, trying, total, that's I, a total other, total other aside. Is that's, yeah, that's yeah, strong, why. strong characters, strong, compelling characters. People don't seem to like. I'm looking at you, Ray. And so toxic fanulinity. Has happens to be a female. 
Um, but I, I just I like the fact that Captain Rambo, Monica, and, and I, I really appreciate that they don't just do away with them and that they bring her back here. And I think this is actually setting her up for a lot of really good future things. I'm I'm excited to see where her character goes because we leave her at the end of the series in a very interesting place. Um, but we we do get a you know, and again, we're not going blow by blow here, but there's a lot of explaining going on, um, like you know, acting as as exposition. With catching the, the, essentially catching the audience up to hey here's what we're doing with this show right now mm-hmm. like here's where this is going i know you guys stuck with us here's where it's going this this was a great episode to me i don't want to dive into the the specifics because we will literally be here for four and a half hours talking about this <laughs> um but i do love the fact that uh we get the reintroduction of a character by the name of darcy lewis um, who, if you'll remember, we have seen her several times before, um, specifically, usually uh, with Dr. Jane Foster um, from the Thor movies. Um, Dr. Darcy plays a pivotal role um, in that we we know that there's something going on in a small town in Westview, New Jersey. And so Captain Rambeau... What's your field? We're not supposed to talk to each other. Hmm. Boy Scout leader, got it. And uh, you? Nuclear biology. Artificial intelligence. Astrophysics. We got the full clown car. That means whatever the threat is, Sword clearly has no idea what they're dealing with. I'm a chemical engineer. No one cares. Right. We, we've experienced the glitch because the Scarlet Witch is... Uh, extended her her reach out to our locations that is true that is true (laughs) so we we get this we get this great catch-up right between you know the 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 agents of sword are there and they set up a kind of a containment field or a containment you know bubble around uh the issue around the town of westview because they need they don't know what's going on they can't get into it um and we get an explanation for that beekeeper suit from earlier because we do get um, the intro- we get introduced to a character by the name of Monty. He's a red shirt, um, but he is a sword agent that <laughs> that you know suits up in a hazmat suit and kind of tries to go underneath the um, the bubble around Westview. Um, and it turns out that you know the second he crosses the the threshold into the town of Westview, that hazmat suit turns into a beekeeper suit because he's now joined the show which makes so much more sense right um, it all I, comes together i love the way they did this i i love the way they did this i love the fact that jimmy woo is back um you know agent jimmy woo who's in ant-man the office uh, yes that is <laughs> who, jim who is who is actually jim from the office oh my god it that is a great bit. If you have not seen that, um, you're probably so going to you're going to be listening to that right now. Um, maybe on the podcast. I don't I don't really know if it if it works very well with context of just audio. Um, but he it is a no, classic. It, it does not, but Dwight. it's awesome. It's a classic Jim Dwight prank um, in the later seasons of The Office. Um, 
but I, I love the way that they do this. I mean, they, this is, this is classic Marvel. This is classic, you know, Hey, we've got, we've got to catch the audience up on what's been going on. We've got to bring everybody together so that we all know that this is the situation. We get an explanation for the helicopter, which is the drone that's sent in to the bubble. And slowly we realize that like, Hey, we can't, we can't penetrate the bubble because something is keeping that bubble. You know, we, we can only thing we're getting is this analog TV signal, which Darcy picks up on. And that's where we finally close the loop of who's been watching these, these episodes and taking notes. It's Dr. Darcy Lewis and, and the, the sword agents. So we end this episode um, with, you know, when Geraldine is talking to Wanda about Ultron and Pietro and all the events of uh, Agents, uh, Avengers, uh, the Ultron movie. I think it's Avengers, the second one. Um, we get Geraldine being expelled from the town of, of Westview. And we know Geraldine is played by Captain Rambo. Um, and as she is spit out onto the grass outside of the bubble, we kind of catch up from our side. And now we realize that Geraldine or Captain Rambo, we're going to call her by her real name here. Um, she realizes that Wanda is the big bad. Wanda is the whole reason that this is all happening, that this whole town is under Wanda's spell. And, right. you know, this is the first time I think in the Marvel universe, we have an Avenger as a bad guy. And a really bad guy hurting other people, and that is a fantastic yeah, like through yeah through her pain is mm-hmm. essentially lashing out and <clears throat> making it everyone's pain. Excuse me, that was a horrendous cough, but and I lashing think... out and making it everyone's pain. There we go. There we <laughs> go. Clean that up. Um, <laughs> I think that is a, a wonderful place for us to stop for this first episode because we have just rapid fired through four episodes, which for us, you guys will know is, is not exactly. Is, Go ahead. This is fast. This is a new feat. Yeah. Not exactly easy for us to typically go through these very fast. Um, but we're going to break here and, and we're going to be back later this week um, where we're going to give you guys the back five because there is a lot to dive in on these back five. I think we probably won't go blow by blow on these, but I think we're going to highlight there's, there's more stuff to talk about on these back five episodes. Um, Folks, your audience, your guess is as good as mine. We'll see what the scholar <laughs> surprises me with. <laughs> well, we're going to leave it there as we always do. Um, and we're going to thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you very much. And we will let the snark have the last word as he always does. Excelsior. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. Who are you? Wanda, I'm just your neighbor. And how did you know about Ultron? trespassing here and I want you to leave.